two, one. Welcome in to Husker Extra Podcast. I'm Chris. There's Sipple. Parker's going to join us here in a couple minutes uh, doing some doing some work-related stuff. It's uh, 4.09 p.m. Friday, January 29th, the year of our Lord, 2021. There's a foot and a half of snow on the ground, it seems like. Yeah. We're warm and cozy in our offices. I'm in the home office. Sipple's in the work office. Should we just jump right into it, Sip? Yeah, did you shovel? I shoveled. I've shoveled multiple. I actually didn't shovel much because I have a neighbor across the street who has a big snowblower and he like loves to snowblow. So he came over and like cleared out my driveway like three times for me. No way. It was insane. Oh yeah. I, I shoveled my entire driveway by myself like once through this whole story. Oh, I think my, my neighbors don't really like me and one has a snowblower. So he didn't help. He did my, he actually did my sidewalk, I guess. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but man, I, as you talk about the old, oh, I, was, I, would, oh. I shoveled four times oh it's brutal it's yeah. brutal i can't i can even like i take gus on walks and it's like the most depressing thing ever because the snow is deeper than he is tall so he just like gives up and he's like taking a crap in the street basically i'm like standing there with my dog on a leash it's like this is sad as long gonna, as you're not taking a crap in the street well uh, i stopped doing that like three or four months ago so hopefully i'm, <laughs> hopefully I'm past that all right we're off the rails already <laughs> let's talk some sports let's talk some sports let's talk some basketball we are uh one week away well not quite a week away eight days away from nebraska men's basketball returning to the court february 6th at michigan state coming off their COVID 19 pause they went on pause january 11th so it will be four weeks basically it'll be what, 20 days 26 days um from when they went on pause to their first game they played two games in the month of january uh, who knows who they'll have available. Uh, we found out today that uh, assistant coach Matt Abdel-Massey is in isolation. He tested positive eight days ago, said it's no joke, said he's had some had some symptoms and it's felt pretty rough. We know at least seven players in addition to Fred Hoiberg tested positive when they went on pause. We know a couple of players tested positive over the summer. We know Eduardo Andre tested positive right before the season started. So you're looking at 10 plus players who have had this uh, plus at least two of the coaches, plus several staffers on top of that. So it's, it's really ravaged the program. It's really run through the program. And it's of course, when you do, when you pause activities, you're not doing anything. You're not doing individual workouts. You're not doing team workouts. You got a lot of guys in isolation, not doing anything. Um, Now you got to try and ramp back up in a week, get back in shape, then go on the road and start playing big 10 games again. So going to be a, a fascinating next month for Nebraska because they try to figure out, can they, A, get back on the court and get going, and, B, can they make up the six games they've lost plus the nine they still have on the schedule in essentially 30 days. So it's we don't know exactly what it's going to look like yet. We don't have the schedule yet, but you can bet Nebraska is going to be playing a lot of games in a short amount of time. Do you think so? Okay, so to rewind a little bit, Nebraska last played on January 10th. January 10th. Yes. Yeah. Against Indiana. They have not played a game since. Yep. Their next game then will be say February 6th at February Michigan 6th. State. Oh, they're, they're going to play the, the sixth instead of the third. Yeah. It was moved back. It's, it's another schedule related deal because um, uh, Michigan state's playing Iowa on February 2nd now uh, to make up a game that Michigan state lost. Uh, because of the because of its own COVID pause, so they just push Nebraska back a few days. That gives Nebraska a few more days to kind of ramp up and, and get into shape. Wow, I mean, Baz, I don't think that you would have anticipated no. 
that Nebraska would have a break like this, right? No, no. I you, th- you think, and obviously, who knows? But you know, you think maybe a couple weeks, maybe a week, you you, you get your guys isolated and you get back at it. But yeah, it's when they go back on the court, they'll start February sixth. Last day of the regular season is March seventh, so they have a month basically, uh, and they have a month and it doesn't take a math whiz to figure out that that's not very many days to, to make up, to play 15 games, you know? So the schedule is going to get switched around a lot. We don't know exactly what it'll look like yet. We don't know if Nebraska will be able to play all of games, but yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a sprint to the finish with a team that's basically going to be trying to play its way back into shape while they're playing these games. Uh, it's really hard. Now here's the question, or, or maybe this would be more for me to, I mean, as a columnist to think about more, I don't know. I mean, Baz, my inclination when they come back is not to watch the games and judge them too harshly at all. No. no. I mean, at this point, you really have – as you assess Fred's program, you really have to take into account what's going on. Yeah, and there's going to be people that say, well, you can't do that, no excuses, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, You you have uh, to do – I mean, and this isn't an excuse. Like, you know, this – their program has been ravaged by this and look, look at what happened to Michigan state last night. Last night was their first game back at Rutgers. They fell behind 15 to nothing to start the game and they lost 67, 37, you know? Oh God, really? You know, a a Tom Izzo team scored 37 points. So it's, and and Tom Izzo said after the game, you know, it's did the COVID layoff affect us probably, but we're not going to use that as an excuse. And Fred Hoiberg would say the same thing, of course, because he's a competitor, but, Man, it how does it not affect you like that? You know, how does it not have a have a major impact on the way you play, the way you train, and all those things? So yeah, to when we go back to watching these games, I think you're right, Sip. You you can't judge the performance too harshly no. just because of, of what has happened over the last. Now week. here's the thing, though, Baz. As you know, okay, it's one thing for me to sit here on January 29th and say that, but you know how it goes when the games get going; they're on TV. You know, there'll be it'll, it'll look like there'll be a, a, a large semblance of normalcy just from an outward. But you got it. I think you almost have to remind yourself as a fan. Uh, no, this is they've been off for a, a, a huge amount of time. Yeah. And it's not there's no way they can come back playing at a super high level. Yeah. Well, and look at what they were right? doing before. Yeah, no, you're right. And look at how they were playing before the layoff. They're owing five in the league. You know, and they played some close games, but they were still an 0-5 team with a 22-game losing streak in the conference. And now you're coming back after a pot, after this month off, where you where you literally haven't done anything for basically three three weeks of that. And so, yeah, it's you're, we're going to watch them on TV, and we're probably going to say, oh, man, Nebraska looks bad. They're not doing anything. Yeah, they're probably going to look bad. They're probably, I mean, they just are. That's the reality of the situation. They haven't played a basketball game in a month. So, yeah, it's – it's just one of those years and, and I hate, I hate doing this, but man, it's like, how can you, how can you judge or how can you take too, so, too much away from this year? You know, I, I, no, you're fine. I, I don't, I don't want to make excuses for Fred either. And I haven't, I mean, I I've been sort of hard on him um, from my, in my role, but I I'll have a hard time just looking at this with any degree of normalcy going forward. And, yeah, and I, then, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say it, you can't, you can't do that with, and especially with the, if they're playing basically every other day, if they're playing back-to-back nights, if they're trying to squeeze 15 games into 
26, 28 days, whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. How can you look at it with any degree of normalcy? You've basically got a college team playing an NBA schedule coming off a of COVID pause with, with the frequency of the games they're going to be playing. So, you know what, though? You know what? If I were a player, I think I'd well, like you'd love it. You'd love yeah. it. These guys are playing oh, every well, other day. Think about what Teddy Allen said multiple times. He's like, I'm a hooper. I want to hoop. You know, these yeah. guys just want to play. You know, they grew up playing AAU ball. They're playing three or four games in a day, you know, every day. They're playing all summer. These guys just want to play. They're, they're, I, you know, the, the want to, to play will not be an issue. It's just how <laughs> can you hold up physically? And I, I was asked today. On a Zoom right now. Sipple's on a Zoom right now. Hey, and, hey uh, we're on a Zoom right now. And no, I was asked today, you know, is it going to be a bigger challenge for Nebraska mentally or physically? And I said, well, it's not going to be a mental challenge. Like these guys want to play. That's not the issue, you know, and they've been dealing with the pandemic side of this for almost a year now. And you ask all those guys, they just want to play ball. You ask Fred Hoiberg and he'll tell you how these guys want to be in the gym and play. They just want to play. And if they get to play more games in a compressed amount of time, that's awesome. It's just going to be the physical side. Of it. How can they hold up? How can they stay healthy? How can they get back in shape to at least, you know, try and make these things competitive over the next few weeks? Jeez. It's, well, yeah. Baz, for your sake, though, I mean, you're probably, you're probably glad they're going to get back going, right? I haven't, I haven't covered a men's basketball game since Christmas Day. So it's yeah. been more than a month. I covered the women's game last night, of course. But, yeah, it's, you know, I just I want to – I'm like those guys. Those guys want to play. I want to watch hoops game. You know, I've been watching every other team in the league play. I want to watch Nebraska play because that's my beat. So, yeah, from my side of it, my side doesn't matter all that much. But be nice to co- be nice to cover the team that I'm on the beat for. Uh, again, yeah, that's for sure. Parker, how are you? What's going on, Parker? What's up, Parker? He's looking good. Pete got that uh, haircut. You did get a haircut, didn't you? I did. Handsome fellow. <laughs> I had him oh. take down the. I had him take down the beard a little more than normal because the. Wear a mask, you know, whenever, every time you go to the grocery store, I just start to wear, I mean, I didn't, I, you know, I'm sticking to it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to cave yeah. and get you're not and on the, on the bananas or anything like that when you're at the grocery store. My Kinda. God, Baz. My God. Would you ever go without the beard, Parker? I was born with it and I'll die with it. <laughs> Came out of the womb with a beard. The, his baby pictures are terrifying. I've seen them. It's just a fully formed beard on a baby. It's terrifying. I can't. Would you ever, can't would you ever clip that thing? I mean, would you take it way down? I'd consider it. I haven't yet, though. I haven't yet. I've been doing. I've had it for uh, four years. Wouldn't say you had it. Would you, you say, Bass? That's an incredible beard. No, he, the man can grow a beard. Uh, yeah. I'm not here to argue that. Argue that at all. The man can grow a beard. And if I could do that, I would. I'd grow a huge one, but I can't. I should. I could do it. I think I kind of got one started here. I just hate shit. Like those dudes that have huge beards. What if we all, yeah, all hey. three of us, just went full ZZ Top? <laughs> Wait, here's what we do: we all shave on the same day, and then we don't shave again until Nebraska's football finishes with a winning record. Oh God! Wow! No. Wow! Wow! Yes. You talk about like ZZ I say, top. I'll die with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. wow. That, that was that was uncalled for, probably. Oh, that's fine. Should we talk? Should we talk a little football now that Young Parker has joined us? Well, now that the football beat writers here, what's on your mind, Parker? Well, I was just uh, the reason why I mean, we set a time for a podcast, and then of course, you know, phone call, and it's uh, Ernest Hausman, the talented 2022 linebacker recruit that Nebraska offered from none other than Columbus, Nebraska. Sure. What's he saying? Um, just 
it's going to be interesting. We don't have to, we won't maybe talk too much about this today, but just that, you know, the, there was that Yahoo report uh, this week that there may be a quiet period. It's sort of looking like perhaps there'll be a quiet period in recruiting where kids can visit, start visiting campuses for the first time in more than a year, uh, beginning on April 15th um, and going through June 30th. And that would be, I mean, that for the 2022 recruiting class, I mean, that'd be the first time those guys, you know, could be on campuses in more than a year. So um, just kind of looking at this weekend, I'm writing a story about just sort of how, you know, the 2021 recruiting class basically wraps up except for the transfer portal on Wednesday. It's sort of gone under the radar because there's been a lot of other things going on here and because Nebraska's not really probably, you know, they're going to maybe sign uh, one player. They may not sign any except for uh, Wyndon Hohuli, the linebacker who's been committed now for a month. So, um, but, but the signing day, second signing day is on Wednesday uh, next week. So uh, just for the weekend, sort of writing about how, you know, as we put the 2021 class in the books, um, 2022 is going to be pretty weird because these kids will have gone 13 months without any in-person contact with the coaches that are recruiting them. So it's going to be a mad rush too to get, you know, to go see campuses and see schools and all that. So anyway, um, yeah, so April, more on that. April we can talk more about that next week maybe. Because there's plenty going on uh, that's in not sure. just in recruiting, but – What's elsewhere too? There's a quarterback like, left this week. So we'll just see that. There's a court. There's a bit of a quarterback issue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was pretty big news. I mean, the I didn't. Hey, I got. Maybe we could start the conversation here. I never know exactly how big a story is going to be. Yeah. And McCaffrey became a bit. I would say now you guys can disagree or agree, whatever you want. I didn't think the McCaffrey story would be as big a story as it turned out to be. I, I, I was a little surprised by the reaction. Yeah, it did. You know, you know what was a interesting about yeah. it was it, would, it, it was a big story. And big. I thought that the responses to it were really interesting. I mean, there was a – I think part of the reason why it was a big story was because it engendered sort of a wide variety of conversation. And we can take it any direction we want. I mean, people have had a few days now. It was on Monday – so people have had a few days now to process it, but, um, you know, some people look at it as, um, you know, he wasn't good enough to play quarterback here, which I, I kids got four years of college eligibility left. I think it's, it's a little bit, you're painting with a pretty broad brush to say that. Um, some people think of it as a failure by the staff. Some people say, ah, well, it happens. I mean, and then there's this broader conversation too about, is it, indicative of or is any of the transfer portal activity you know that's happened because it wasn't just McCaffrey on Monday it was also Cade Warner uh, and Will Farniak Um, is that indicative of this sort of offense versus defense or divide on offense or what what have you that some people believe exists and that Scott Frost was adamant last week when we talked to him that he said it doesn't exist um, it's just, it, I think it just elicited sort of a wide variety of, of opinions and reactions. Yeah. And there's that big world view that, that, you know, there's a transfer portal now. I mean, some of it to me is a little bit like some of it's just easily explained. Baz covers, Baz covers a sport where transfers are nothing. I mean, it's just, it happens all the time right. and football is becoming that way. As you wrote today, Parker, um, the transfer portal has 
roughly 1500 players in it. And that's, that, that has exceeded last year's total already. And it's going to soar past it. Right. Yeah. 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 It's just guys are transferring. I mean, I, I, uh, and in, in basketball, they're doing it and at football, they're doing it at a high rate. Some of it's just an indicative of the world right now. Put, put it this way. This is sort of funny. Um, so we, Sipple and I sort of work together on this story we, and you can find it at huskerarcher.com is we, we, I, I sort of, I got my hands on the raw data of big 10 players that are in the transfer portal currently. And we broke down how many players from each big 10 school have transferred um, since the end of the 2019 season. And then just in the past two months, since December 1st, 2020. And um, then we did a capsule for each scholarship Nebraska player that's left in the past uh, 14 months since December 1, 2019, 24 of them. So then what, so I was writing about this big 10 data and I plopped it on top of the story and I put it in our system for publishing at 1.30 p.m. And it was 102 Big Ten players in the portal and between in the past two months alone. And between the time I put it in and the time that story went up on the internet, uh, I had to update it twice. Really? <laughs> yeah, because two more Penn State players went in, including uh, the quarterback, Will Levis, um, who was their backup quarterback yesterday. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like it's a, it's a ticking – it's like a odometer. Like it just keeps on churning. Yeah, never so stops. Even, it, even in those couple hours, there was two more big 10 players that, that went in and that's pretty yeah. much just how it's been. See, see the way I look at it, now, there's all different, you're right, Parker, there's a different ways to approach it for sure. I mean, I would say if Nebraska were winning, there's a better chance to keep some guys. I don't know about those three that left on Tuesday. I don't know if winning would have mattered at all with those, but that, that factors into the discussion. There's the big picture discussion that we're talking about with McCaffrey. Is it as simple as if he were QB one, would he have gone into the portal? Right. I I mean, you maybe. I mean, I'm not saying he wouldn't have, but it's Mm -hmm. some of it often just comes down to that. If he were QB one, would they have lost the other QB? Right. Adrian Martinez. I bet they would have probably. Yeah. So some of it, especially at that position is just coming down to that. Will Levis is a, is a good quarterback who played a lot at Penn state, but I don't know if it was going to work out for him. There's next. There's, I think sometimes people equate winning or stability with a lack of transfer activity. There's mixed results on that. Like, okay, let's do Let's do an experiment. Simple. Name me a program that you think of as a model of consistency in the big 10 Penn state. Okay. Uh, 12 since December 1st. This yeah, is there you go. 2020. Northwestern. Fast, name me another one. Ohio oh, State. Great. Ohio State's got three. Northwestern yeah, has eight. Yeah, Wisconsin since has four. Yep. Yeah, Northwestern's an interesting case. So some people will say, well, yeah, those that's just backups. No, it's not. They had their top two running backs uh, in the portal. And as you guys remember, you remember McGowan. What's his first yeah, name? Yeah, Kyrick, me and Parker talked about Kyrick McGowan that week. He's a great, he's a very good player. I mean, and he was, that was a senior who who was a three-year starter at Northwestern who elected to play for whatever reason his last season in another program. They had zero, 
they had zero or no three, I guess three all between December, 2019 and November, 2020, three guys. And one of them was Bennett Skoranek, who's a really good player who left before they got Peyton Ramsey to go be a receiver at a place where they had a quarterback and ended up at Notre Dame. So, you know, it's programs that aren't immune. Nobody's immune to it. I mean, everyone, yeah. every program in the big tens had at least two uh, since December 1st of this year, but, and, but Nebraska's had the most in the big 10. I mean, since December one. That, yeah, that's 37. true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and part of it too, who is right. Like, I think, I think players just realizing, Hey, I'd go somewhere else. You know, like I was at Northwestern for three years. Maybe I want to go play on the coast. Maybe I want to go play in Arizona. Maybe I want to go play in Florida somewhere. And they just want to change the scenery. And it's not, it's not good, bad or otherwise. They just want to do something different, you know? And I think that's probably part of it too. And that's, you know, certainly with a guy like Wandale or Luke McCaffrey or, or Cade Warner, that's not the case, but you know, I think, that's a lot of it too, is just a lot of these players are realizing, Hey, I've got a lot more freedom to move around than I did before. And I've got a better chance. Now, to play. now Bass, think about it though. Now you say good, bad, or otherwise, I get that. And I totally agree, but think about the other part of the conversation. And for instance, the fan base here, when a guy leaves, not people aren't saying that's good, bad, or otherwise oh. they're pointing a finger at the coaching staff, particularly the head coach. And saying, now wait a second, why you why they're making judgments on the head coach? But nobody, nobody complains when Samari Ture or Marquis Step or Chris Kalarovic commits to Nebraska out of the board. Commits to Nebraska, right? Yeah. They're leaving play. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, they're leaving a place. Yeah, and yeah it's, look, we can be honest. Like, how many players are sitting down and going, "Man, I really need to think about how the fans are going to react if I transfer somewhere else." Like, how many guys are actually doing it? You know, you think Luke no, McCaffrey's sitting there they going, "Man," you know. Luke McCaffrey's sitting there going, boy, fan base is going to get really mad at Coach Frost or really mad at me. if I Like, they don't care about that. I think I, we can be honest about that. Maybe they think about it a little bit, but it's not going to play. Don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I the only thing you'd say is you hope that they think about the impact it has on their teammates. Yeah. You know, but with so many guys doing it and then the current culture, I doubt that is an issue. You know, I don't think kids these days are looking at it this, like they used to. You know, now it's, yeah, go get yours. You know, this yeah. is, it's more of an individual discussion now. It, it is. In my opinion, it's not as team oriented. It's, it's go get yours. I mean, this, mm -hmm. this is chase your dream. Don't worry about the team. It's not that big of a deal. Now, now that for older people like me is a little hard to adjust to, but you can, I mean, it's, yeah, but I do feel for coaches a little bit. You know, I always I always liked what Tim Miles, the former Nebraska men's basketball coach, said when he would talk about transfers, and he's certainly brought in his share, and his successor has certainly brought in his share. And and it's maybe a little bit of a cliche, but it, I mean, he said it like he, these guys only get a certain amount of years to play college basketball, football, whatever yep. it is. You know, you get four years, five years. If you're not happy, why are you going to stay in a place where you're not happy? whether you're playing a lot or whether you're not playing at all, you know, you go to college, you play college sports because you want to play college sports and you want to have a positive experience and not saying that Luke McCaffrey didn't have a positive experience here or, or Cade Warner didn't have a positive experience, but you only got a certain amount of time to do it, you know, and it's, I think that's maybe tough for those of us who didn't play college sports to understand, you know, it's, it's such a small window in your life to get a chance to do this or to do it at a high level and to, and to experience these different things. And 
So yeah, guys are going to transfer. And and that's part of it too, I think, because you're right, simple. Those of us of a, of a certain vintage go, well, what about the team? What, how is it affecting their teammates? And, and, and how's, how's this going to affect morale? But, but the the other part of it is too, these guys are trying to get theirs. They do want to have that positive experience and they know they only have a limited amount of time to do it. So I think that's part of it too. Yeah. It almost sounds crazy nowadays to say that. I mean, yeah, it does. People look at you kind of cross-eyed, like, what are you talking about team? I mean, what are you worried? (laughs) Why are you worried about that? Here's a, uh, Here's a McCaffrey angle for you, Sipple, that I think people will be curious about and is an open question going forward. Scott talked a little bit about it on a during a brief radio appearance last night. So now Nebraska has three scholarship quarterbacks on its roster, plus the two walk-ons from, from Kearney. Um, they've got Adrian Martinez, who obviously three-year starter, basically outside of, of you know a couple of games. Uh, and then Logan Smothers, who's been on campus for one year, never appeared in a college game, and Heinrich Harburg, who just got to campus this month. A um, couple walk-ons that have been in the program for a while, Matt Masker and Braden Miller. Um, does Nebraska need to add a quarterback over the, over the course of the rest of the offseason? And how do you do that? I mean, that, because if you do, there's a – got to find a guy who you think can be a benefit – but Adrian is entrenched really as a starter at this point and would be really hard to knock off. Um, so how, how, how do you see that? Or what would you do, Sipple? If you, you know, you're, you're Barry Switzer-esque. How would you handle this situation? Yeah, I am. I am for sure. I would, first of all, I would hope that in the spring you see it, that Adrian improves and Adrian continues to improve and maybe solidifies himself even more than he did the last four games, which he played pretty well the last four games. And, and, and you, you, you hope like what Scott said last night, that you hope what you have on campus is enough, Yeah, you know, but that you got to see it. I mean, that, so what, what is it? It becomes a very critical spring for Logan Smothers, right? I mean, if you're Logan Smothers, you're, this is, this is a bit, this is big. I got to prove that I'm ready if I'm called upon. Yeah. Or maybe he's looking at like, I got to go win that job. It's probably what the way he's got to look at it. And in doing so, you if you're Mario and Scott Frost and that offensive staff, you hope that 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 picture looks good in the spring. Now, if it doesn't, you got to think about May. Right. Right. Maybe you got maybe you got to go find somebody. Now, I don't know how easy it is to do that. Uh, to find a guy that would fit your system, a guy who's willing to come into a place where there probably is a starter already. There's a lot of variables that could become sort of unwieldy in that conversation. Isn't there the other side of it too, where Nebraska's coaching staff kind of has to do their due diligence in the spring and, and at least take a look at what's out there. And, and, you know, yes, I don't know what you're going to, you want your guy. You want Adrian to get better. You want Logan Smothers to get better. You want Hunter Carver to pick things up. But what if there is a guy? What if they do find a, a you know an FCS guy that's got a ton of experience that that could is willing to play at a power five and probably be a backup and with Nebraska's injury history at the position? Look at Adrian Martinez hasn't made it all the way through the season unscathed yet. You know, and you don't really know what you have behind him yet because they haven't played in a live game so I, I the other part I agree with you Sip. you're right they have to do those other things first but I think you also have to if, if you're this coaching staff you have to at least look at what's out there and, and that doesn't necessarily mean you have to take somebody but if you find the right fit and you find a kid that's willing why wouldn't you have him come on campus why wouldn't how do you, you find a kid how do you find a kid who wants to be a backup though 
Well, that's, I don't know. I don't know if you do or not, but I'm saying you at least got to look, you know? That's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. It's interesting. I think there's two, obviously like Adrian Martinez, the thing that will have the biggest impact on the 2021 season is how good can Adrian Martinez be, right? Like how well um, is he going to play that to me, of course you open, leave the door open to the possibility that Logan Smothers catches them or surpasses them or is ready to play or whatever. But, but that for the 2021 season, I think Adrian, but I think you're right. Simple. It's a critical spring for, Logan Smothers. And then I think the next iteration of that question might be like, if, if Adrian, you know, let's say you were down to it, if you had to get by a half, like, I'm not saying that they need to figure out whether Matt Master can go down to Norman and knock off Oklahoma on the road. But like, if you had to put him in for a half to protect a lead against Purdue, do you in your heart of hearts believe that he can do that? Well, because if you yeah. do, if you do, if he's a four, he's going to be his fourth year in the program. They've liked him all along. He's a pretty good athlete. He's a, he's a walk-on. I'm not saying he's Adrian Martinez, but you know, if you think you can get through a short-term stretch with him, maybe you feel different about absolutely having to have a guy, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's put them, their depth has been whittled down at quarterback, obviously, the past two years or the past calendar year, I guess, with um, with Andrew Bunch and Noah Vedrill and now Luke McCaffrey all leaving the program. And that happens. I mean, that happens at, at the Division One level, especially in quarterback room. But they're down to it now with three scholarship guys. How, Parker, you have a good feel for the portal and movement in and out of it. How easy would it be to go get a guy in May? Uh, well, that's a good question. I mean, I think that, you know – there's going to be names in the portal and made it are not there now. Um, right. And you don't know. I mean, a guy like Will Levis from Penn state, I only bring him up because one, we already talked about him and two, he just went in the portal yesterday, but that's a guy who, if he wants to go win a job, like he probably wants to be on campus for spring ball. If that works uh, right. from an enrollment perspective and all of that. So to me, like, the names that are in the portal right now at the quarterback position may or may not be the same set of names that will be there coming out of spring ball. There's always sort of pivot points in where, um, when people leave programs, typically, we just saw one after a season. Um, another one typically is at the end of spring ball. And then another one typically is sort of before preseason camp starts. So um, that, that that's not, universal, but those are sort of like the three biggest chunks. So um, there'll be a fresh round of players across the board, across positions that, that hit the portal. And, and there'll be some from Nebraska too, right? After spring ball or, you know, halfway through spring ball to the end of spring ball, basically that say, okay, I'm not in position to have a job here. I'm going to go somewhere else. So that'll happen. That's why, you know, that's when Noah Vedral made the call last year. Obviously it was unique circumstances because um, of the pandemic, there wasn't actually a spring ball, but um, that's a guy who went in the portal um, approximately at the end of spring ball. And now he's going to probably be a multi-year starter in the big 10. So there'll be talented players um, at a lot of positions, you know, there are now uh, and there will be almost beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, in, in, in late April and into May. My final answer is if I'm frost, I'm getting the guys in my program ready. I'm not wor- I don't want to worry about the portal at quarterback. I want to get the guys on. I want to make sure the guys on campus are the guys that we can lean on. 
all of them. There's a junior college question too, right? Because there might, you know, that's, that's always a, it's not a magic wand. You can't just say, Oh, let's just go get a junior college difference maker. But I don't personally, like I don't have a great handle at all on what the junior college scene looks like at any position right now. Cause they didn't play in the fall. So there's going to be a lot of people holding their cards pretty close to the best on who they think from the junior college ranks can play. Do you get a chance to see them at all this spring and all of that? So it's an interesting question. Nebraska's only got two scholarships left to work with. So um, we'll see if they cut into that here in the next few days on the recruiting front. But yeah, don't you got to, don't you have to wonder if a junior college quarterback would be ready having not played in a long time? I mean, well, I, I, mean quest, yeah. I question the readiness a little bit. I know. And so, okay. So I can make the argument both ways on that one, then you, then maybe the guy has a level enough head to think like, Hey, I haven't played in a long time. I'm not really going in expecting to win the job from Adrian. Yeah. Well, so you'd have That's the right fair. temperament, but then what that guy's got to be a value add to your program though. Like you right. don't want to just add a body to the room just to add no. it. You might as well at that no. point, like Matt Masker has been in the system for four years. Right. So, you know, I mean, it's, it, cu- it kind of cuts both ways. Well, yeah. And, you know, maybe Heinrich Harburg could get to a level where he's, you know, he's, a, he's, I think he's probably a ways off, but man, I mean, the way, if you talk to, Heinrich Harburg, he says one of the things that was appealing to him about Mario was he could get guys ready fast, you know, and, and that's, that's how, you know, partly how Mario sold him on coming here. We can get you go. We can get you squared away quickly. Well, he's going to be on campus for as long before they kick off as Adrian Martinez was before he was the starter in 2018. I mean, I think people wonder naturally, and we don't know a lot about Logan Smothers or just sort of like where he's at in his development, but nobody had a normal off season last year. So this is going to be the first time, I mean, hopefully, um, but yeah, this will be the first time he's gone through a normal spring ball. It'll be the first time obviously for Heinrich through. So it's going to be an interesting one um, over the next few months. You know, that parking garage over by uh, the practice fields that we've, you know, that where Nebraska has football practice and there's that parking garage over in the distance to the, it'd be to the north and the east. Yeah. And that's where we might have to camp with binoculars. Top row. Yeah. We just need to, might, we might have to go over there and just, we're at a safe distance. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody one of those expensive right? things that you put on like a tripod that like, that like surveyors have. Like that's what we're <laughs> drone, we just fly the drone over. Yeah, <laughs> Parker. Par- yeah, I could see Parker rigging up a drone. Scott Frost just takes his deer rifle out and blasts the drone out of the sky, like on day one, minute three. Parker's like flying a drone. There's like the like the red dot crosses across the parking garage. You're like, Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, that would be so much. I think I'm gonna get out. I mean, of I wonder if Frost would just if he would sign off if we just said, "Hey, we're gonna go over to that parking garage." I mean, there's not that much we can see. Just let us walk. Just be totally upfront about it. Come on, Frosty. What? We're socially distanced. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like, yeah. We're way far yeah. away. Scott, when, he asked, when he asked about, yeah. When he asked about, just go, what? Like, what? Like, I'm just going to might not remember this, what? Scott, but before the pandemic, you let us come to practice all the time. Right. Maybe yeah. we could see if you forgot that they never. Maybe let we could trick him. Maybe we could trick Scott Frost into letting No, us Scott, you let us watch practice before the pandemic. Maybe it's oh, a deal yeah. where you don't ask for permission. You ask for forgiveness. We well, just, yeah, we just, sorry. 
Sorry, Scott. Oh, we didn't know it. In that seven on seven midway through practice, (laughs) when Smothers threw the three touchdowns in a row, like, is that sort of indicative of what you think maybe he can do this fall? God, yeah. You guys were lined up in the power eye quite a bit in that first yeah. period. So uh, you're running a little fullback trap there, Scotty. <laughs> hey, uh, Samari Ture was limping around. Is he okay? <laughs> hey, did did that dude from USC come as damaged goods? <laughs> Jesus. All right, that's enough. That was fiction. Right. That was fiction. That was that was all fiction. We're not here fiction. <laughs> um, should we should we discuss the you know just a couple staff things before we hit the road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Well, there's a couple yeah. staff things going on. Um, I guess the <laughs> there are <laughs> the most pertinent probably. I mean, we know that there's a couple positions that are going to be filled um, at some point in the near future, um, and we also know that there's one that could potentially need filling. You know, there's nothing official yet, obviously, as of 4:46 p.m. on Friday, but. Um, Matt Lubick, the offensive coordinator and receivers coach, is a candidate um, for the head coaching job at Montana State FCS school. Um, former, formerly uh, covered on the beat by yours truly up in Bozeman. Um, <laughs> it's interesting, Matt. I mean, we don't really know. We think that there's not a ton of people left in contention, and that, and that Matt probably still is. Um, there's it's really compelling both ways as to why you might think it's a good opportunity for him uh, or why he might do it. And then why he might not, Uh, why he might not be a big pay cut. Um, And, you know, there are challenges at the FCS level. There's no doubt about it because of the pandemic, you know, resources and, and all of that all probably in question across the board, not just in, in Bozeman, but at any FCS school you go to. On the other hand, his dad, Sonny was a head coach there Um, in the eighties. He was actually born in Bozeman. Um, he played at Montana Western, which is just down the road in Dillon, Montana, as you well know, um, the, the taco truck in Dillon is awesome. Um, and then he played there with a couple guys, two guys who are assistants on, on, uh, the Montana state staff right now, Brian Armstrong and and BJ Robertson. So there's a, it's really, he's got deep connections to the area, right? He would understand how to recruit there. Uh, all of that. And then the last thing is he's been an assistant coach for 26 years, never been a head coach at any level in college. And so um, if that's something that he wants to do, be a head coach, this might, this might be his best chance so far. It's not like he's going to retire anytime soon necessarily, but um, he's 46, I think, but um, yeah, 46. He's got a a great chance um, to to lead a program if that's a career goal of his. So it's very interesting. um, And, and, we could learn about that at any time. Montana state has a pretty deliberate hiring process typically. So I would think that a decision would come next week. Um, but I guess we'll see about that. Yeah. Hey, so, you know, the critical, Oh, go ahead, Baz, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to jump in with some breaking news here. The Nebraska volleyball yeah. series this weekend has been postponed because of COVID-19 issues in the Northwestern program. So say again, t- say again, say again, Nebraska's volleyball series with Northwestern this weekend started to start tonight and, little over an hour postponed COVID-19 issues in Northwestern's program in Northwestern. Yeah. So, so the volleyball team made it a week before they had to postpone a couple of matches. Okay. That's critical. I mean, the thing you wonder, I always think about it with Nebraska volleyball because of the, I mean, there's a lot of urgency with that program because it's a legitimate national title contender and the national championship is in, I mean, the NCAA tournament is in Omaha. The national championship matches are in Omaha. 
it's a huge season. Think about, think about the, I mean, the, the COVID discussion as it applies to that program. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That would be a, I mean, you have, I mean, there's, let's face it for some program, there's more on the line than others. Right. Exactly. There's a lot more on the line for Nebraska than Northwestern. No, no, no offense to Northwestern, but they're not number five in the country. Well, there's a lot more on the line for Nebraska volleyball than there is for Nebraska men's basketball. Right. You know, yeah, more, sure. you know, I mean, that's just the way it is. So yeah. That one hurts for, for the Huskers who are as far as Lubick goes, guys, it's, you just don't know because you know, he's not going to talk about it. This comes down to hit. Does he, is his ambition to be a head? Is it to be a head coach? You know, how badly does he want to be a head coach? Yeah. And so some of it just comes down to that. We don't know that. And he would do it at, if he does do it, he would do it in a place where he's very comfortable, obviously a place that he's familiar with, you know, a, a culture he's familiar with an area of the country yeah. he's familiar with. So. And Parker, you heard, you heard him on zoom that one day. He's very close to his dad. Yeah. His dad, Sonny Lubick, Baz would remember because Baz is older. Um, Sonny was a, was a very successful head coach at Colorado state. Now and think yep. about what, what, Matt Lubick said that day part. Well, I think Baz was on the call too, the Zoom session, yeah. when Matt said his dad watches those Zooms. Yep. He said he literally said, Hey dad. So his dad gets onto those Zoom calls with the media and watches him. Even though um, yeah, yeah. It's interesting ahead. that Sonny has Sonny Lubick has history. He was a head coach of Montana State in the in the late 70s, I think. Um, but one like sort of geographical note. Like Lincoln is closer to Fort Collins where his parents live now than Bozeman is. So he's actually would be getting a little bit further from home, but he'd be going to a place where um, his dad coached. And then Dennis Erickson, who hired Matt Lubick to Arizona State and all that, is also a Montana State grad um, and is still pretty involved up that way. So it's, it's a, where, what's, what's Bozeman close to? Anything? Nothing. Nothing. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what. Pretty far. The Close largest. The largest, met, the closest metro area to Bozeman. I mean, if you, Billings is a hundred thousand. So if you don't count, if you don't count Billings, it's Boise, Idaho, which is seven hours. Or uh, Boise and Salt Lake City are both like seven hours away. Seven. Okay. Pretty beautiful part of the country, though. It certainly, Park will vouch for it. It's a heck of a place to heck of a place to live if you had to live there. Not much snow at Big Sky this winter, though. So, mm. well, it all came down here instead. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. Um, and then, so two more things quick before we go. Um, Nebraska also is going to hire a senior special teams analyst, probably. I mean, that, that could, you know, we think that that's the route they're going to go special teams wise. And then also a director of player development. So uh, both of those things are, you know, sort of to watch for um, in the next, well, any from the next 10 minutes to the next, you know, couple weeks, few weeks. Okay. All right, let's wrap it up. Are you still All right. Bo- yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Bozeman's a beautiful place, and so is the Hartley neighborhood, and that's where I'm going right now. So Yeah, my office is beautiful right now, and I'm going to bang out a college baseball story while I'm sitting in here. So. All right. Good job. Good luck to you. Hey, good luck to you guys. Thank you, Baz. You're welcome. Hey, until Parker? next week. Parker? Doctor? 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 Bueller? <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week.